Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Hope you've been having a fantastic week and really excited to share with you a conversation I had together with Ifoma Conquo. And I got to know Ifoma completely by chance. I'd come across some comments she made about where finance and accounting teams could drive value in their organisations. Largely drawing from her current experiences as a finance leader within the music industry. So we delve a lot into some of the key insights that Ifoma has there, but we spend a lot of time also talking about the deliberate diversity that Ifoma has introduced into her career path. So deliberately picking experiences that allowed her to leverage the strong foundation she built up earlier in her career. So for those of you listening in, trying to understand what those foundations could perhaps look like either yourselves in the earlier stages of your career, or actually if you're advising or mentoring some younger professionals in finance as to what, as to some ideas on things they could look at and take care of, I'd encourage you to pay attention to what Ifoma's got to share on this. And then we cover off some interesting trends and developments, particularly within the music industry, and maybe more broadly in a lot of other organisations out there, how do we consider monetizing? intangible assets like the creative work of music artists or value their intellectual property or how do we assess the market potential a potential intangible asset has if Oma shares some sort of key thoughts but also has a very important recommendation for finance professionals as well which he shares towards the end of the show now as always we really appreciate it when you tune in and share these episodes with your friends and your colleagues you can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And if you do want to find out more about Ifoma, some of the key quotes, timestamps, show notes, transcripts, and more, you can do that at sitnshow.com. So I think that's enough for me for now. So without further ado, over to Ifoma and the show. So Ifoma, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Hey, look, it's our pleasure. And what really excites me, I think you're our first guest mentor with a background in finance in the music industry. And I'd love, I love actually where some of that's going because I read some of your comments in a recent article. I thought they were fantastic, said we've got to share those with our audience. But before we go into all of that, maybe it'd be nice to get to know a bit more about you and your career journey. So would you mind giving a brief story of that to our audience, please? All right. So I am a finance professional with over 10 years expertise in finance, and it's been in diverse industry, and that is intentional. I started my career very, very off finance. It was um, first with a bank as a customer care representative, and all I had to do was talk, talk, how you have to provide customer service to people. Yeah, I got bored. It was interesting at first because, yeah, growing up, I used to be a chatterbox and everybody would say, oh, you do well being a lawyer, you do well in being a mass comm graduate, anywhere you have to speak. 
but it, it has always been finance for me, like without any doubts from high school. I knew that I wanted to be in the accounting field and then in the finance field. So it didn't even take one year, two months for me working in the bank as a customer service representative to know that this isn't what I wanted for my career path. Then I started to take professional exams. I am a chartered accountant with the Institute of Chartered Accountants in Nigeria. So I started taking the exams. In no far time, I was done. And then I decided to go into audits. Because ah. with audits, you have this diverse, what is it called, experience of being specialized. I didn't want to specialize in a part, part in finance, yeah. So with audits, and then it wasn't in any of the big fours. Like if it was one of the big fours in the um, audits um, field, you would have to be like specialized. So you'd probably be a corporate service um, um, advisor, or you'd probably be an auditor, or you'd probably be an internal audit. So I decided to play in the medium-sized audits firm. Now with that, the advantage with us is today you're doing corporate um, finance, tomorrow it's taxation, at the time yes. it is, you, yeah, so it's just a whole lot of things and then it just makes you master each and every one of those industries. Yeah, I was going to say, Foma, that's very interesting that you were deliberate about oh, that no, strategy. Was deliberate. It was very intentional, it was very intentional and working in audits assurance for three years, I had the opportunity to work in, with clients in marine, logistics, um, engineering. It was diverse. It was very interesting. It was a beautiful time, honestly. And it just made me understand that accounting is actually accounting, whatever the industry. You only just need to understand what that industry is, what regulations there are, and then you apply the same accounting principles same finance and what yeah so it was so interesting to have that what is it called opportunity and that yeah it's a, f a great foundation right it's a fantastic it foundation grounding absolutely you can always go back to it exactly after then i got um poached by transcop i don't know they're very popular in nigeria transcop but the hotel because they have a boutique called so i they have part they have what is it called <laughs> hotel and all of that yeah so I worked with Transcop Hotels Calabar. That was another interesting one. Accounting for accounting in the entertainment. No, it would I wouldn't even call it entertainment industry. Actually, the hospitality industry that came with its own challenges, and it was a whole lot of learning experience for me. Again, considering I didn't do it when I was in assurance. So yeah, that that was another experience under my belt. It was so interesting. Everyone, that's that's really interesting. How did like it's as we you know, when people get poached, people think, oh, maybe they might have been the auditor on the account, or they might have had some experience. Mm -hmm. So you, it was your first time seeing a hospitality business, which is quite yes. quite unique and specialist in itself. Right. People think it's easy to run a hotel, or someone might have an Airbnb or something. Right. But actually, it's it's quite a challenging industry, but it's a unique sort of set of circumstances. And then it, it was like one of the biggest um, hotels in Nigeria. I think it had about 370 rooms. So it was really challenging. Yeah. So I worked as the assistant financial controller for the hotel. And then, of course, reported to the financial controller. So it was such an experience. Um, then I went on to Red Media. Red Media is actually what I call it, media PR and media outfits. They also have um, a governance arm. They ran the 2015 presidential campaign in Nigeria. And that was the exact same time that I entered 
as in I got um, I joined the company. So that was a whole new experience, like running a PR account, especially for one of the biggest campaigns ever in the history of Nigeria. That was when Buhari came into power. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of being the um, accountant on that, what is it called, on that campaign. And it was, that's the PR part of the campaign. He had a whole lot of other people on the campaign so that I'm not misquoted that I actually read <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. That was another good experience. And then from Red Media, I did another three years with Red Media and landed in this beautiful place that I am right now, Maven Records. I don't know if you've done any research about Maven Records. We are the foremost label in Nigeria, and we can say in Africa, led by the legendary Don Jazzy. He's very popular in the uh, music space in Africa, and I want to believe outside of Africa too. Yeah, so it's been very interesting. That's another difference. So you can call me, I, I think I like to just go to new industries. I'm always up for the challenge. I remember my interview at Maven Records. I, I used to just wonder, why would a music label need an accountant, especially a professional like me? I would just expect yeah. they probably want a bookkeeper or like an accountant assistant, but coming for a professional qualified accountant, really, why do you need that? So it was very curious for me. I went into the interview with a lot of questions. Why do you need me? It was interesting. And then they said, it was, I can't really forget it. It was just one line that made me know that I want to be on this trip. They said, what I said was, we're trying to build something here. If he, in my head, I'm like, build? Say no more. Give me my buckets and and my hat. I really want to be on this building project. And it was just so interesting because I really like places that are actually, would I say, I could actually call them startups because it was actually startup. Maybe just got this strategic partnership with Kupanda. So it took them from just being a Nigerian company to being... I don't know if you know Kupanda Capital in the US. It's it's in the news if you check about story of a maven. So they just got a strategic partnership with Kupanda, offering resources, financial, human, and all of that. And I was like, yeah, bring me on board. I definitely want to be there. It took just one interview. I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then they'll say, hey, if we were excited to have you in our on our team, and I was like, say no more. Here I am. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It. It's it's there is actually no record label like Maven in Nigeria, so it is totally new, and that comes to what I said when I did the FMATical building processes, setting up processes. It is just a lot of building, so a lot of things has my imprint, and for that reason, you just have to have it right. You just is it, what is so, so when they were answering that key question, your why question, I think that's a great question. But it's an interview is a two way process. It shouldn't just be them getting to know you. You need to know what they, they want and where we can help. Uh, but my favorite way of asking the why is what are your key success factors here? So if I'm doing this job mm-hmm. well, how does that look like? What does that look like for you? How does it meet your needs? What, why is this role important to you? Mm-hmm. And like when they said about the building 
piece what triggered in your mind like it did it reinforce saying look that's what we do as accountants and finance professionals is we build things Mm -hmm. is that where you said oh yes this is the place to me absolutely that was my eureka moment like i said i like to right set things right like I, ha- I like to put structures to things i don't like anything rule of thumb and that's what we as accountants do you put structures to things there are processes there are policies most importantly and then there are even third party reviewers in the form of auditors tax consultants and all so you really have to get things right and especially as it is a, a startup you really have to get the foundation. So it was the trigger for me. We ended an interview, that particular interview with the CEO of Tega, such an amazing person. He said, if it we're about to embark on something really exciting, like it's never been done in Nigeria, it's never been done in Africa, and we're so excited to be embarking on this. And I'm like, hey, just hold on and let me get on this train because <laughs> I'm about to take this exciting ride with you. And it's been nothing short of exciting, absolutely. Still, yeah. Beautiful. I, was, I was about to ask, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're happy you got on the ride then, but oh, obviously you are. You're, saying you're still excited. Yeah. How it is for you to work with, well, Maven, I totally understand what, so they'll say you're only as strong as the weakest link. It is a chain. An organization is a chain. So you have the reason why you have the various departments, everybody doing something, all of which would align to a set goal. It's really happening here in Maven. Like you can work in a lot of places and you feel like you're working in silos, right? You feel like you're isolated. It feels very routinal. I just come in, I keep the books and then I go. You really do not see how your efforts contribute to the goal, right? That is not it here at Maven. It is a chain, like it is so clear. It is, I can't even say it anymore. It's so exciting. You can actually see how your effort impacts the goal. It is very clearly visible. And I can say it is um, thanks to the directors, the board actually, you know how, how you set the tone at the top. The vision is clear. Everyone is, it, every of your, what is it called, tax, ties to the vision and you would be able to measure it so it's so so beautiful this is great so what i'm thinking is this is definitely finance uh, team members can operate in this way i'm always wondering how does that happen because what what does it take for it to happen is it tone is is willpower enough is using our skills because if you think about where finance professionals are we could choose to operate in a silo or we could choose to look at our position in the business and look across silos right so we have we have the positioning to be able to look across silos Mm -hmm. but for that to happen Mm -hmm. is it on us to make it happen or is it as you said does it have to come from tone at the top the board like or a strategic partner where does it come from i feel like it comes from the top because they know what they want and they know the people who is key right to the goals so I feel like it comes from the top because for me I'm more than just I'm not an accountant I'm a CF I'm a business partner I'm a strategic partner so I'm not just keeping the books and that is where I would say my smart skill actually is very helpful I see the numbers I do not wait actually accounting is belated 
So you wait for one month to end to report what happens that month. Yeah. What yeah. doesn't happen with management accounting? You're seeing the budgets, you're seeing the actual, you're sending messages about the triggers, the things you're seeing. So you can actually pull the plug and not wait till it's belated. So we're not just finance people working in silos. I wouldn't even encourage that. I see that a lot with finance people. We're so happy to say, oh, we're back office. Oh, we just keep the books. No, we actually should come out as business strategic partners to the management or the board, however your level is. I am not so far off from the board, so I'm very um, opportune to advise the board. And they totally, totally do not even take my advice for, for granted because I see the books, I see it, I see the numbers, I do the analysis, I do a lot of analysis, I'll do the scenario analysis, I'll do stress testing, so I don't wait for a month ends to just pull out some reports and then just report on the happenings. You are actually working hand in hand, and yeah, so I feel like it's set from the top and then it's also your own contribution to the, the the success. I feel like once the vision is clear, you know what you have to do to get there and then you're, you're just I like no I like how you laid it out I like I like how you laid it out if Omer. so it's, it's like the vision at the top comes from the top but it's also the mindset and I like to say that you don't wait for a period it's like continuous right it, um it's not like it's not like you twiddle your thumbs for the whole month once the numbers are there right. <laughs> so, you're involved. so it's, speaking of being involved in the business again I love some of the things you're talking about in, in your industry particularly like Given that, I suppose we hear a lot about tech companies and, and they work with data and information, it's all very intangible. Right. You're working with artists who are creative. Now, we might hear their music, but essentially what they're creating is is intangible. It's from their minds, from their heads, they're creative. How do you monetize such creative work on a regular basis and turn it into a business. Oh, really, that, that, that I'm still intrigued by that. I can't even express it enough because like you said, I came in knowing that this is intangible, really intellectual property. How do you totally yes. monetize it? How do you account for it? How do you report? It's intellectual properties, very intangible assets. And a lot of us, I don't know. I feel like there are enough finance professionals that know about this, but I would admit that it is my first time dealing with this kind of yeah. um, finance yeah, yeah exactly so it's very interesting you act actually the, the artist is a product just look at the artist as a product the artist is released or i'll say the artist is selected because we, we have a department that scouts for artists right there are a lot of talents there are a lot of talents go to tiktok go to youtube go to instagram exactly. There yeah, is a point. whole lot of talents. So if it's just not talents, you're looking at what can I do with this talent, right? It is a product. You have produce things to meet a particular need. So probably, I, I don't know if you've been following um, the story or if you've been following the activities of Maven, we just released a superstar, Ira Star. She's female, she's 19, and she's dangerous. Like you don't have that <laughs> in the music industry in Nigeria. So we saw that gap and then we're like, oh, there aren't so many young female artists in Nigeria. The youngest would probably be 23. Why don't we bring right. in a team? TikTok has our teenagers and they're like yeah. from 15 to 26. There is that market. They want someone who's funk, vibes on vibe. I don't know. Like she, when you talk about vibe on vibe in Nigeria, anybody will tell you it's Ira Star. So we created that IRA staff for that gap 
which is the teenagers and then the woke or the funk ah. people. Andrew, I don't know, I don't know if you're current enough to know what woke or funk well, means. I had to learn it here too. So yeah. I, I'm gonna have to defer to my better half on that one. She would be all over this stuff. Me, I'm still, I'm still caught in the noughties. So if you look at my playlist, they're all in the noughties. I just, but no, I know what I like when I hear it. So I will have to to check up on it. But for audience, do, do you mind explaining for audience and for me as well? If over, like, what should we be looking out? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I feel like work people or the funk people are the trend chasers. I don't know if they're called trendsetters, so they know what the trend <laughs> is. If it is fashion, they're on top of it. If it is music, they're on top of it. They're so- definitely not me, then. <laughs> yes, definitely not me, too. They have all of that time. They have a smartphone, and they're trying to optimize the smartphone. So if there's this app, they're oh. on it. If there's this game, they're on it. So those are, the, those are the people, right? Yeah. So not to digress so much. Yeah. So the artists are really products. We will find out what gap do we need to fill. There's another superstar yeah. we have on our label, Rema. Like when Rema came in, he started with doing trap music. We don't have a lot of Nigerian artists doing trap. You probably see people speaking in our local dialects. And if you want to consume trap, you go to the United States where you have a lot of them. So there was that gap again in Nigeria. Okay, let's do this. Now he came in with a trap music and everyone liked it. Like, whoa, so a Nigerian can actually do this. We'll think that this is an American um, culture and all of that. So it's always, the artist is always a brand. And then the artist is released to meet a particular gap. So that's what we've been strategic about doing. We're not just blown away by your pretty, beautiful, sonorous voice. Oh, you can hit all all the keys. That is not enough. Are you fashionable? Would we be able to sell you to a fashion brand? Would you be able to walk on a runway? Would you be able to turn heads, right? Those are the kind of things mm-hmm. we look at. So yeah, the artist, like I said, is, is a brand. And there are a lot of things you can actually tap from the artist. Just the music is one. They actually are brand ambassadors, endorsements. They are influencers even because they have a large following. Those people, when they get on stage, people who scream and shout. You see the Michael Jackson effect when he gets on stage. People are fainting oh. and all of that. So those are like really people. So you can imagine... Um, influencing those kind of people to patronize a brand is it's an easy win actually so you see brand reaching out to you because you already have your cult or you have your fan base and they're trying to appeal to those fan base to sell their products that's another revenue line the music like we said intellectual property there are endorsements there are um, what is it called influencer campaigns those ones are shorts and just I need to do this thing. I need to make this noise, do this thing for me. And there's just a lot of things. You'd be surprised. Every part of the access can be monetized. You, you'd want a I was, was going to say, you took yeah. the words out of my mouth. Yes, exactly. Like... You probably want a hand model. And one of our artists has the most beautiful hands, right? That is just for showing their hands, you earn money from it. A whole lot. It's it's unbelievable what you can do with the artist. It's very interesting. No, it's when you break it down, it's a bit like you identify as a market opportunity and you develop a product right. to go meet that around a brand, a brand personality. So I imagine whereas let's say if you're in the hospitality business, you were looking at a profitability via a hotel or a certain type of room or whatever. Right. Here you're looking at profitability on, of a brand or an artist, like an artist's P&L, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Right, essentially. And, and, and I'm always curious about this, Afoma. Like, do we, like, again, does anyone try and put a value? Maybe you do because it's the market opportunity, but you ever try and put a value on that artist's 
potential. So like we got a PL, but is it like a balance sheet that goes with that saying, okay, this is the market potential for this artist or how do we ever try and value that intellectual property? Does that, is that, is, are people trying to do that now? Oh, so this is actually a very good question because we're talking about it only just yesterday. We're thinking about <laughs> only just yesterday, totally. Like I was speaking with accountants in the UK and then our accountants here in Nigeria. By the way, Maven has its parents company in the UK, Maven Global Holdings in the UK. And then, um, Maybe Nigeria is actually the subsidiary, the wholly owned subsidiary of maybe in UK. And then our strategic partners are Copanda Capital in the US. So it's like a multinational, right? You have to talk to mm. these people, that people, all of which must align. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting. And just yesterday we had this converse, conversation about there are no intellectual property valuation on the balance sheets. That is the truth. Mm. And that is because a lot of times when we release an artist, you really do not know what spend you're going to have, what development spend you're going to have on that artist. So you're spending as you go, right? So we're thinking, do we need to come up with a figure for the valuation? Or do we need to just continue to spend as we go and amortize, create an amortization policy and then amortize yeah. out of the balance sheet? What is it? I must tell you, yeah. Maven is new right we haven't figured that out that's the truth that is the truth we haven't still figured that out if to have an intellectual property figure in the balance sheet at time of signing the artist we still haven't figured that out and we just continue to learn as we go but it's a, it's a conversation we're having right now with the uk accountants and the nigerian accountants and if i could check in later i'll probably tell you oh regardless it is but the, the, the answer to this is it's not easy because at the time of signing the artist is a blank canvas, right? Yeah, blank, yeah, yeah, it, you, yeah. You don't know how much you're going to be able to spend to hit gold with its artists. You don't know for how long before you begin to even earn a return. So it's difficult at time of signing the contracts and signing the artist and putting the contracts together to put what that figure is. But I feel like we'll yeah. ultimately find out, figure that out. Yeah, because I, I know it definitely. And I think, I, I look, I, I ask because I feel finance has a, a big role to play in getting towards that because it's not, right. it's not you're not looking at historical numbers here because there's not much to have accounted for but there's the future mm -hmm. revenue streams and whatever and i was thinking because you've just been uh new this new capital or strategic partner come in as well a lot of venture capitalists when they're buying into how do you say new companies right. they have an expectation exit in mind right. you know Absolutely. when they make an investment they have an exit value in mind or valuation so again i was just curious um if, what direction it was going but i suppose in terms of yourself what's going on in your world at the moment what's exciting you most Currently at my role? No, no, well, it could be a role, it could be finance. What's exciting you most? Yeah, so I think what excites me most is how to apply finance to various industries. And you can tell that already from my trajectory. I haven't been in one particular industry. I like to see how are these principles, the principles don't change. The debit to the credit doesn't change. The balance sheet PL cash flow does not change. What is what in this industry is yes. what is very intriguing yeah. to me. I feel like if I probably would change jobs, I would still want to go to another industry. So those are the kind of things that are exciting me. But I don't know how to function in still waters. I feel, you know how they say turbulence make you know who 
the, the most skilled sailor is something like that. I, I don't know how to function when the whole thing is calm. I don't know if that's a good thing. I really like to just hit roadblocks, break them down, chat courses, create parts, and it's just that's what excites me, honestly. I, I, I like see I like that. See there was a there's a book I read years ago and everything I like it was if you're a jazz fan you'd like it. I'm not that big into jazz but um it was called Jamming. Right. And what I loved about it was you take people with these diverse experiences and you just bounce them up into new scenarios right. and they just bring new stuff to the jam, right? Um, now, there's basic principles of jamming mm -hmm. that everyone follows, but you bounce up. So I think that comes out that common vision, trying to build something. Right. And I think that's refreshing because I just had this sense with the digitalization of finance, there's a lot more specialization going Absolutely. on in particular areas. Mm -hmm. So it's great that you're calling out a role for someone that's, that's developing a general background that could take experience of one industry or one area to another and another Absolutely. and not be phased by it. In actual fact, enjoy, get excited by the journey. Absolutely. So... I, th I think your advice is fanta fantastic. Actually, speaking of which, look, you've given us so much great advice, mm -hmm. Afoma. Mm -hmm. What's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Well, the best advice I've always received is nothing is impossible. <laughs> Honestly, nothing is impossible. I'm sure whoever thought about making the airplane possible. I'm sure if I were friends with whoever created the airplane, I would have been like, oh, really? How is this even possible? So nothing is impossible. Yeah. If you just can't conceive it, honestly, you can do it. And I don't know, yeah. someone recently said staying too much, staying for a long period on a roll. I don't think it's a one size fits all. There are people who would stay in no. one role yeah. for 35 years and they will have their absolute fulfilled, exciting time. Exactly, right. exactly. And then there are people who would job throttle, go from one industry to other, whatever rocks your boat, whatever you find exciting, just do not be monotone. Why would you want to do anything that doesn't excite you? I want to wake up in the morning, put up my clothes, and I'm excited to go conquer the day. So, yeah. Well, that's it. For some people, as you said, it could be moving between roles. Other people are very happy in the role, they're engaged. Yes. And like, there's a statistic I saw, and it really sad to me, only 29% of finance people mm -hmm were actually engaged in their work. And I'm thinking we do, we can have so much value to offer, whether it's in a, any particular type of role. In fact, right. I think there's a role for pretty much everyone to, that, that's what blows my mind. But I think given we spend so much of our lives working, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be nice to actually enjoy, enjoy what we're doing? Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it blows my mind. So look, I, again, that's why we do these uh, interviews, if almost to share with people various ideas, mm -hmm. trigger some thoughts. Right. Oh, that's an industry that I'd like to work in, or that's great, but advice or didn't know you could do Absolutely. that or that's what's going on so you really do not have appreciate to, no, you really that. do not have to have that industry specific experience yeah. you actually can do it the application is the same it's just understanding it's, the industry and then applying the same principles to it finance is still finance however you like it just you prepare the PL, well, whatever the industry is so you're going to prepare the cash flow statement whatever the industry so it's the same yeah. thing it's just understanding it it comes back to your original point about those foundations you were building. Right. The grounding. Similar principles. A lot of us have gone through very similar, learned similar principles. Mm -hmm. There's a big community of us out there and we can apply it to use a lot of these companies now that I was, it's funny, I was doing a, a talk a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Some of the companies I put up there, mm -hmm. they didn't even exist 13 years ago. Totally. Yet they valuations of totally. over a hundred billion dollars. You've had accountants and finance professionals have to learn new businesses, new industries that came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So... 
and there'll be more so that's the journey we're on if Omar, you know are there any sort of resources you could recommend our audience go check out that you use i actually can recommend books but i'll say have a beautiful community of professionals because i was very clear at the interview to say oh no i haven't worked in a record label ever i don't even know what your revenue streams are what your revenue funnel but it's not something that you cannot you know research and find out and then what I did was find professionals, right, who who have this kind of, I had the opportunity of speaking with a professional of one of um, the record labels, and it was just off LinkedIn, yeah. just like you reached out to me. We finance oh people gosh, are great. happy to collaborate. So I would say collaborate, collaborate. Whatever you can get out of Definitely. books, yes. But professionally, yeah. have a beautiful, diverse um, community of professionals that you can always ring up and then they'll speak to you. And they're always happy to. I have enjoyed that immensely and I continue to enjoy it. I, I think, well, actually, that's a really great point. Anyone who's engaged in their work, they may be busy, mm-hmm. but they, they pretty much got to where they got to because someone helped them Absolutely. or took the time to help them. And that's why if you reach out to these people, they will share their time back. It may not be loads of time, but it might just be over a coffee. Right. I find personally, people in our community very willing to help each other the, um, the, the collaboration so is very beautiful in our community i have enjoyed it i continue to enjoy it i will continue to tap into it so andrew expects me to ring you up soon and say hey andrew. But, uh, who do you know yeah that is the problem with this this podcast is you tend to get to know a lot of people right. and um you, it's very hard to say no to help people so <laughs> you know it's funny we had a guest mentor on and uh, he was the ex uh, cfo of the world bank well, and he was saying like when he gets people's requests for help he finds it very hard to say no because he was helped so much himself absolutely. even though he's a really busy guy you know and he's flying off all over the world but so that's just the joys of knowing a lot of people and being able to help a lot of people and that, and actually that's why this platform's great because people in the past if they wanted a bit of time they can always access these episodes exactly. uh, for free 24 7 exactly. if they want the advice and if they want to learn more they can always come Absolutely. back but this could help get them 80 percent of the way this conversation right. so using new technologies of FOMA to, to to modernize and collaborate even better in our profession right. so that's what we're trying to do connecting with each other how or where's the best place our audience can connect with you if they want to continue the conversation so i think the best this would definitely be LinkedIn so feel free to share my LinkedIn I, I, I do not joke with LinkedIn because it's strictly professional so I know on like Instagram you have a lot of people who are just social um, media happy I don't know yeah LinkedIn definitely my email actually you can share my email I'll be happy to cool I, I will put that in with the show notes as well it'll encourage people to check right. out well, our resources as well that we put in there too so FOMA shall do yeah. that and I suppose look really appreciate you coming on being a, such a great guest mentor before we wrap up do you have any maybe parting thoughts to share with our that would just be do you I feel like if I have a tattoo it's gonna be do you like do it's you. all in our head whatever the limitations whatever it's just all in our head begin to just tell yourself I can't do it it's I just can absolutely I'm sure I said it sometime, somewhere along the lines of nothing is impossible. So just do you. If you're bored at that job, it's probably the wake-up call for you to find something more exciting. If you feel like you're redundant in your role and you're giving your best, it's probably that trigger for you to upgrade yourself professionally, take exams. Like learning is continuous. And we've seen a lot of things yes. go become outdated and obsolete. So you really have to keep up with 
your continuous um, development. So yeah, do a lot of those and you just be well sought as you should be. Awesome. That, that, that's fantastic. Part exhausting the show on Sofoma. Thank you so much for coming on, being a guest mentor today. Me on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 